back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at PCRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. And we know that whenever Reformation happens, things get messy. And we're seeing things get messy now in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're taking the opportunity to talk to pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to find out what Reformation might look like. We're so thankful for all of you who are faithfully listening every week and faithfully sharing our content. Keep up the good work. We really, really appreciate it. And we also have a few exciting things in the works that should be coming out in the next couple of months, so be on the lookout. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Monday. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part two of our conversation with Lloyd Hemstreet. Concerns in the Christian Reformed Church, uh, I'm continuing to grow in my understanding, I think, of how divergent our views are when we come to Scripture and how we're understanding scriptural authority uh, in, the, in the interactions with, um, you know, pastors in, in, uh, in various settings and, and listening to fellow ministers in the CRC. Sometimes you just wonder and scratch your head about that. Uh, they, they're, they're not talking about the biblical authority in the same way that I feel the confessions do, and certainly not in the same way that I would see and, and describe uh, and look towards God's word. And I think that's kind of a longstanding um, problem uh, that we've had in our denomination that I wasn't aware of until, you know, just uh, in the last year or two that that's come to light to me, that uh, we had a decision, I don't even remember if it is 1970 or 1972, somewhere back in that time, uh, decision of synod and and yeah we kind of left the door open in this decision to a broad interpretation of god's word and um boy we're reaping the fruit of that today mm-hmm. and it, it's leading to all kinds of divisions because if if we're not on the same page on the rule book on on god's word as and it, its guidance for our lives we're going to be all over the map yeah yeah yeah, I find it really interesting. I, I'm almost, I, it was 72 when they had that, um, they approved that report on biblical authority. Yeah. And then the very following year was the report on, on uh, homosexuality, right? Right. And so um, it's, it's just fitting that those, those two things come together pretty quite often, right? And now here we are um, 40 years later having conversations about biblical authority and human sexuality again, and we're yeah. saying, wait, how does how do these two things fit? And and there there seems to be a tendency um, of people to to want to say, well, I know the Bible says this, or try to dance around certain things in order to push an agenda. And what what do you think's behind that? Oh, um, the lies of Satan, in part the uh challenge to god's word does god really say uh mm-hmm. is kind of what it boils down to 
uh, to some extent. If we're not going to take the Bible as, as it plainly communicates itself, if we're going to have to twist and and um, manipulate God's word to get our understanding to be relevant in our day and age, uh, you know, that's a it's the oldest problem in the world yeah. and nothing new under the sun to that extent. So that's, that's kind of where I see this coming down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, and I don't know if we've had this conversation on the podcast before, but one of the things that I notice a lot as I talk to um, people on uh, who would disagree with me, who would take more of an unorthodox view of human sexuality is there's really just uh, a misunderstanding of um, love, mm -hmm. um, a biblical idea of what love is, and not only just a misunderstanding of what love is between, um, you know, two men or two women or a man and a woman or whatever, but just love and how we treat a fellow brother or sister. Or even the way that we love the the non-believer who we're interacting with. And uh, it seems like, um, you know, we have a divergent view of Scripture for sure, but we also have this really massive divergent view of what's actually loving. Right. And, and so many people are, are wanting to waffle on, on what I think Scripture is extremely clear on um, in the name of love. And, and so many, and, you know, we keep trying to say, yeah, well, throwing out God's word is not loving, right? That's going to lead to destruction and, and, and death and, and more pain and more heartache and dishonoring God. And, you know, all of those things are going to flow from that. And that's not actually love. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Have you, what, so what has been, do you get to interact? I don't know. What classes are you in? I am, I'm a member of a uh, classes Zealand. Um, I think it's clearly the, the best classes in the denomination by far. Uh, very thankful for classes Zealand. The pastors have a lot of opportunities. Uh, we're geographically uh, close enough that we can get together regularly. And um, yeah, just a lot of, of fun and camaraderie uh, within the classes. So I've been very blessed to, to be and enjoyed my time uh, serving here in classes Zealand. Yeah, no, I don't know. And, you know, feel free to answer this however you want. But is classes Zealand generally, would you call it more of a conservative classes or is it kind of a mixed bag or? Um, yeah, if you uh, look at the uh, communications we've sent to Synod, uh, the last uh, an overture in 2021 and a communication in 2020, uh, those were very broadly supported in the classes. Um, I'm not sure if it was 95% uh, or 98% approval for those communications and yeah. overture, but it was something like that. So okay. we are very like-minded, certainly on the, on the issue of human sexuality and, and overall there's a, a lot of, um, yeah, just conservative um, camaraderie, clear or a similar view of scripture and its authority. Yeah. And we're able to work very well together in, in that, in that situation. Yeah, good. And that's helpful. I, the reason I was asking some of that, that might seem like those questions came out of left field, was just um, getting to conversations with with pastors who 
um, would disagree with our, you know, would be, would lean more progressive and, and just how often are you having those kind of conversations with some of the, the more progressive CRC pastors? Do you, do you have those kind of conversations regularly? Um, there's a, uh, uh, pastor's Facebook group that I'm fairly active on. And so, uh, that's where I have some of those broader conversations within the denomination, um, and, and, and rub up against, uh, some that are viewing things very different from my, from how I do, uh, versus in, within my classes, I would say. Yeah. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to go to synod. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever go to Synod. We'll see. Uh, in 2020, the my classes, uh, they, we vote every year on candidates, and they vote to send me. And for the first time in our denomination's history, Synod was canceled that year. Well, 2021, they tried pressed their luck and tried it again and, and nominated me to go a second time, and it canceled again. So I'm going to have a real long conversation on the floor of classes meeting are, do we really want to try and go three for three <laughs> yeah. on this or not? And, uh, Lloyd, maybe you know, you're the problem. I am the problem, I think. So, <laughs> so. I'm in the same boat, actually. I was my first time going to Synod was supposed to be 2020, and then they canceled it. And then our classes meeting came like two days after they canceled for Synod, but I okay. was my name was put up for nomination to go again in 2021. And um, but then we just pulled it because it got canceled, but I probably was going to be going in 2021 as well. So yeah, maybe we're the curse here. I don't know. It, 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 things were working just fine before Willie went and he did cause it. So I, I know. I know. Well, that, Willie, that, that you, that you know of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I just, I'd be, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on how are some of those conversations usually going, the conversation you're having with some of the more progressive CRC pastors, what are, what are some of the things that you're hearing uh, regularly? Yeah. Um, I mean, I staying in contact and following along and, you know, I, the, I don't know, we're, we're not going to have the opportunity for us all just to, get along and, and go along together. Um, that, that was kind of class of Zealand's communication in, back in 2020, that this is not going to be human sexuality. It's not an issue where we can all just say, well, we agree to disagree. And so uh, big tent, everybody's fine here. Um, when we're dealing with an issue uh, and how this speaks, so much of God's word speaks to this, uh, when we're dealing with one saying something's a sin and the other saying it's to be blessed and encouraged. We're not on the same page. Um, One of the things that I I go to frequently is uh, in the Belgic confession, article 29, the three marks of the church, you know, the preaching Mm -hmm. of the word, the use of the sacraments and discipline. We can't discipline if we're not on the same page for what sin is and what needs to be disciplined. And by our own confession, that would mean that we are no longer a true church. And so mm-hmm. that is kind of the level of the discussion I'm seeing. And there's there's others that boy, they just wanna they they wanna make room for everybody. They don't wanna cause waves. They don't wanna bind people's conscience. There's um, those I've seen an argument that maybe we need to just say, hey, we'll take five years off and we won't discuss this and we'll just let everybody do their own thing and to me, we're no longer we're no longer by our own confessions a valid church anymore. 
if we take that. And so that's not, that's not a, a viable option in this discussion. Yeah, well said, Lloyd. Um, I'm actually wondering if you have any insight. Uh, what was it, 1995, the, the opening up for women, women in office and multiple legitimate interpretations of scripture? Uh, that whole, I would say, can of worms was kind of open. Do you think that's kind of rearing its ugly head now? Uh, I mean, once we've said once that there can be two valid interpretations of what scripture is, isn't the next logical step, well, where, where does the buck stop then? So do you think we're kind of living in that reality now? Um, I can claim that I wasn't in the denomination in 95. And so I don't know what happened. <laughs> that would be the way I try to skirt that question. Um, but I think those are the questions we have to ask. And, um, you know, what we, we took this huge issue. Um, I would say it's not the same as what we're dealing with now with uh, the, this, uh, what we're, the Bible is saying is sin, uh, breaking mm -hmm. the seventh commandment, uh, sexual experience, human sexuality outside of the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman. So, uh, yeah, the differing views on women serving in office is, is a separate issue, but, uh, we did leave a door open there to, um, this reality of, oh, we don't all see scripture together the same way how far can we push down that direction where all can we go or when have we found we're no longer on the same foundation anymore yeah and you know we've seen it over and over and over again in every denomination that has eventually slid into an uh, open and affirming stance on um, human sexuality it all began with um, a decision to open up the the pastorate um, to women and uh and and i and to kind of waffle on this women in office issue and and i remember i remember having that conversation with a number of people back then saying you know hey every denomination eventually goes this route and they're having to have this fight about sexuality not much after and they kept saying oh no this is a different thing we will never be having that happen in our denomination nobody will ever be pushing to approve homosexual marriage and all of that. And I'm You're just using the slippery slope argument. And, and, uh, and I'm like, well, whatever, but we've just seen it happen over and here we are. Right. And, uh, and I don't think it's, uh, I remember talking to a pastor a long time ago. Um, he was actually a pastor at an E free church back in Minnesota, but he said, you know, a lot of people say you can't use the slippery slope argument, but he said, fine, don't use the slippery slope argument. Um, actually go down to the root and say, okay, because you believe A, then B is the next logical thing that's going to happen, right? And that's what Willie, I think, is getting at here, helpfully, is that it, it actually goes down to our view of Scripture. Mm -hmm. and, if you can, and if you can read Scripture in a certain way, right, and it um, begins to, it, we start looking at Scripture differently, and then you interpret it differently, and then it just starts working its way out in, uh, in different ways. And so, I mean, I know, and I, sh I gotta be careful because I have a lot of friends who, who are, um, you know, there's a lot of nuanced stances on the women in office issue. And I've got a lot of really close friends who are orthodox and solid and would hold, um, you know, the office of pastor is open, open to women. 
Um, and yet, and I'm, and I, that's an issue that we can, we can work on. I think that's why I'm still in the CRC. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but the issue of homosexuality is so much clearer, um, and where God stands on it, that, that we can't, we can't waffle on this one. Like you said, we, we, there is no agree to disagree on this one. Yep. And, uh, and that's where, where, uh, our, our churches are and um that's why whenever we have a synod again it's going to be so um monumental uh conversations have changed in the last year and a half in my local congregation and um yeah the the idea that we're just going to be crc forever and ever is no longer assumed um as the only possible option or the only thing that's that's on the table uh anymore sadly enough um but i think that's that's valuable and that's why we're engaged in this conversation and and yeah. why we it's it's our turn to stand up and um and and we'll see where what the lord has for us going forward yeah one uh one question that i would really love to hear from you is um are your congregation how aware of your is your congregation of everything that's going on here um, and, uh, if they are aware of it, is it because you're kind of helping lead them in that conversation or because they're just naturally engaged with what's happening in the CRC? I I'd love to hear how that conversation is happening. Yeah, I would say historically, uh, we have not been, um, at, at least in recent history, not overly engaged with the greater denominational, uh, issues, uh, 35, 45 minutes away, whatever we are, but. Uh, it could be a couple hundred miles at times. And uh, so we're not always that engaged, but that has been something that I've been working on, um, encouraging a little bit uh, with the council. I've done that just by bringing up things that are going on and, and discussing them in council meetings, uh, new statements from the denominational office and some that uh, leave my me scratching my head. And so I share those with the uh, with the council. And as we headed into discussing ministry shares and uh, the switch change over there of, uh, you know, every church deciding how much they're going to pledge. Uh, we decided, we, we made that part of the discussion. What, what is, what's the value we're getting? What's the ministry we're really sharing in with these funds that we're sending to denominational headquarters. And so that is something that we've become more engaged with. Um, also, the issue at, at Neyland Avenue, that was uh, something that our church became very engaged with, our elders uh, communicating, sending a, a communication right as it went public or slightly before it went public because of family relations and connections that I learned of, of that situation from. And, uh, and, and then that continued. Uh, we, we have had Neyland Avenue on our prayer list uh, for close to a year at our church and um and we recently expanded that to the entire classes because the division that we have the way that we're going for it to be healed for us to be corrected and on the same page we're going to need god's spirit to open our eyes to his word that's what it is going to take and we can go through the political means and engage in overtures and these sorts of things but um either either God's spirit's going to move and we're going to see his word the same or we're not going to be able to continue on together and uh, that's some of the ways that my congregation's been becoming more uh conversant with the the issues going on and um 
Yeah. And then I had a, a member that was reading the banner a few months ago and he was so frustrated with that former council member, not been on in my time here, but, and he was like talking with his wife afterwards. He's like, I'm calling and canceling the banner and started talking our, as our congregation going URC or OPC. And it's like, mm. I'm praying we're not there yet. I'm praying that's not how this has to end, but that's the conversation that, that is increasingly taking place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been interesting for me too, because, uh, so my church, um, it was a church plant about 60 years ago, but a lot of these church plants don't have the natural like Dutch identity, the CRC affinity or the connection to the broader denomination. Right. So I would say the vast majority of my church didn't grow up in the CRC. They grew up in Catholic churches and Lutheran churches primarily. Um, and so most of them are pretty disconnected from what's going on in the broader denomination. Um, and so it's been interesting for me to try to start shepherding them through that, um, shepherding our congregation or our, my council through that primarily and letting them know some of the things that are going on, some of the conversations that we're going to start having. Um, but also starting to shepherd our congregation a little bit, too, because you're right. I don't think we're there yet. Um, part of the reason why we're doing this podcast, we want we want you conservative pastors to hang in there. Keep fighting the good fight. Don't leave yet. We need you. Um, and yet we all know that there may be a time um, where we in good faith have to say we can't be part of this denomination. And we don't want that to completely catch our congregation off guard either and say, wait, what? Something's been going on and now you want to leave and why? And um, so just it's been a, a weird dance to try to help people see some of this, but not just because um, you want to shepherd the like the heart of your congregation. Right. You don't want them to just be a whole bunch of bitter people against the CRC either. You. Right. Um, and so it's been a, an interesting dance. And uh, I know a lot of pastors are trying to figure that out. And so, um, yeah, we help we can help each other maybe try to do that well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as we kind of wrap up, Lloyd, I'd be curious, um, you know, we have a lot of pastors who listen to our podcast, and uh, we have a lot of lay people as well. And so um, and they're listening. Most are listening because they're desiring to see some reformation happen in the denomination. And I'm thankful to hear you say we're not ready to throw the towel in yet. We still got some fight left in us. And so um, what words do you have for them, uh, what they should be doing to help kind of lead the fight for reformation in the CRC? Yeah, um, one of the great blessings that I've been able to take in is go to uh a number of different conferences that is something I like to uh to go to and uh there was one down in in Indiana I uh, probably two years ago back pre-COVID and everything and uh the local minister was talking about how uh the congregation rarely rises beyond beyond the 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 spirituality of the minister and so it was just a conviction that, you know what, if I want my congregation, if I want others to be growing, I have to be growing. You know, the idea that you have to look at the, if there's problems in the denomination, there's problems out here and we want to deal with them. Well, are you where you should be? Are you growing in God's word? Are you growing in faith and confidence in, in the scriptures and your understanding thereof? And I would say that's the call for each and every one of us. Uh, we're not going to be able to engage and go fight these battles if we're not first uh on the right side ourselves and so you know 
yes, there's a time to stand. Yes, there's a time to engage. Uh, you can't just pull yourself in your bunker and say, well, I'm taking care of me and everything's going to be fine. You're called to both, but, but you can't go out and just fight the battles if you're not, if you're not connected to Christ first and foremost yourself and growing in that connection. And so that would be my, my reminder, my encouragement that, hey, we need to first focus on and, and work on ourselves before we're going to be equipped to handle the, the greater trials that we need to, we can't just ignore what's going on in our backyard. Um, our names are on that CRC church building too. And there is such a thing as guilt by association. And so we're all, we signed the covenant of office bearers. We're all in this together. And so we got to keep growing that way too. Yeah, amen. Yeah. What you said reminds me, I think it was Robert Murray McShane, right? Who said that uh, the thing my people need most is a God besotted man, um, a man who's just sought seeking after God's own heart. And, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I've been, I've been involved in this for a long time and, and it's easy to get into this reformation and study strategy and all of this stuff. And, and, uh, and um, there, that's a good reminder. Don't, don't forget to put your nose in God's word. Um, we need to be in God's word. We need to be praying. We need to, our souls to be on fire and after God and, uh, and then go out and engage, right? We don't want to just run off and be our own little cloister either. But um, that, that idea of uh, in Nehemiah it talks about building and fighting, I think is always a good reminder. Um, you know, build up your soul, build up your churches, and then go out um, and go out and fight and be involved. And um, yeah, and, and you're, you guys have been a good example of that too, Lloyd. I think I, I see, you, I hear you speak, and I can tell that you're a man after God's own heart. Um, but you're also really involved in writing overtures and and uh, sending things out. Do you have a word for for pastors or churches who are thinking about um, how they can interact with the denomination through overtures or just getting involved? Yeah, I don't know how many more overtures need to be written at this point. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm not currently thinking about and working on another one myself. But, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I mean, we need to be in prayer for, for our denomination. If we're looking for God to bring about a restoration, uh, as we look at the denominations uh, that our, our country is surrounded by, there's so few of them that you see tottering on these things and then coming back and really standing for orthodoxy and truth. And so uh, we need to be in prayer. Um, we need to be connected to one another. You need to develop those connections and find those in your local area in um, other organizations that are, are forming and, and helping us uh, converse with one another. Um, on Facebook, I've been a member of uh, the returning church group on there for, uh, I don't know, nine years or more long before ministry. Uh, and, and, but that's, that's opportunity that you have to discuss and be encouraged and uh, see that you're not alone in this battle. That, that can be uh, important too. So probably listening to and subscribing to the podcast and uh, keep getting updates on other ministers uh, working around the denomination. Those, those are the things we need to, to stay connected with one another, not get a, Elijah complex that I'm the only one left, um, but but continue on and serve faithfully where called. That's all we have for this week. 
Stay tuned next week where Willie and I share some reflections on the last nine months of this podcast, but also talk about some of the things that we've been seeing in the Christian Reformed Church over the last nine months as well. Until then, don't forget, this is Christ's church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation. Reformation.